Section number three of the Black Cat, Volume One, Number Four, January eighteen ninety six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Katarina Glovala. The Black Cat, Volume One, Number Four, January eighteen ninety six. Section number three, in Miggles's Alley by Herman Brownson. His real name was Tim O'Hagan, but in Miggles's alley he was familiarly known as Shingles. This was because, while a bootblack by profession, he spent a large share of his life on the roof of a five-story tenement house tending his baby brother. On this particular occasion, however, he rose above his callings of bootblack and nursemaid and became a hero. The region about Mingles's alley is not precisely a hotbed of heroism. Indeed, there is probably not a corner of America in which the poverty-stricken and depraved of all nations meet in such strength as here, where the social sewers from the four corners of the earth seem to empty themselves. But Shingles, looking down upon the streets from the high plain of the tenement housetop, saw more of the color and whirl and bigness of the streets than of their mud and meanness. He saw the circus parade as it swept gleaming by. He saw the crowd pouring through the neighboring streets, a black river of humanity. Best of all, he looked almost daily on the wonderful maneuvers of the fire company, whose engine house, opposite one entrance of the tenement house, was Shingles's favorite resort. On those rare occasions when he was free to ply his trade, Shingles earned several dimes and nickels and incidentally many golden opinions from the good-natured fire-laddies, who recognized a kindred spirit in this might of ten. And when claimed by duty to his post on the roof, Shingles could, if he liked, exchange occasional salutes with the objects of his worship, as they lounged in the streets below. As for those moments when the alarm-gong rang, and his friends at the engine-house jumped into their places on the hose-carriage or the hook-and-ladder trucks, and were whirled off to scenes of adventure, those were periods of combined pride and pain to Shingles. The pride was for his comrades. The pain that he, by reason of his ten years and absorbing occupation, was cut off from any share in these deeds of daring. Only in make-believe could he climb ladders and rescue people from burning buildings, and while it was easy to play circus parade with the baby and pussycat in a soap-box on rollers for the band-chariot, the heroism of the fire lady called for a greater exercise of talent. On this June morning, Shingles's mother, who was today engaged in scrubbing at one of the big insurance buildings on Broadway, left the youngster with his charge on the roof, screaming back strict injunctions to the boy to keep the baby amused. To this task, Shingles addressed himself with an ardor born of the beautiful day and the necessity for some occupation for the long hours that stretched between now and supper-time. What could he do to amuse the baby and, incidentally, himself? Why, play fire, of course. His engine-house experience, joined to his observations from the roof, had given him a familiarity with the fire lady's modes of operation that resulted in the most stirring realism. The baby seemed pleased and listened with open-mouthed wonder while Big Brother imitated the clatter and clangor of the engine-gong or the hoarse shouts of the firemen and gazed with special delight at Tim's astonishing climb up an imaginary ladder as foreman of the rescue corps. 
indeed he was so much amused by this new game that he did not wince while shingles tied one end of the clothesline around the tiny figure puffing and blowing laboriously for imaginary smoke the while baby even thought it great fun until brother bore him over the edge of the roof and began to let him down down a tiny morsel of humanity dangling five stories above the pavements of miggles alley then fun changed to fright and baby set up a lusty howl it was this scream that aroused jingles from his realistic play to the grim earnestness of the situation there was no ladder waiting below there were no brave comrades only himself a mite of ten clutching in his small hand the very end of the rope from which dangled the helpless figure of his tiny brother real fear gripped the little fellow's heart slowly painfully he began to pull in that endless length of line inch by inch he brought that tiny swaying figure nearer to the housetop then suddenly a knot in the rope caught in the iron railing cold perspiration rolled down the little fellow's cheeks already his strength was failing him to slacken a single foot meant to lose his hold altogether he tried to call for help but the shrill little voice attracted no more attention than had the baby's feebler wail in the neighborhood of miggles's alley children lift up their voices in lamentation so often that nothing short of an alarm of fire or murder excites special notice suddenly in this moment of agonizing terror the boy was seized by an inspiration on his left rose a large chimney around this the little fellow drew the taut rope making it fast to the clothes hook in the masonry then he rushed to the edge of the roof and shouted fire fire in miggles alley at this sound the firemen lounging in the street below leaped to their feet looking up they recognized the figure on the roof's edge as that of their little comrade and convinced that this was no false alarm rushed into the engine house a moment later the street below resounded with the rumble of trucks the wang of gongs and the rush of the surging crowd in this focal point of cosmopolitan new york where a quarter of a million people are located within a stone's throw of a common center the elements of a stirring scene are always at hand at the sound of the alarm chinamen crept from the basement bunks in mott street reeking with opium and dazed by the noise long-haired hebrews tumbled into the alley from their sweatshops swarthy italians came pell-mell from their hovels and the arab lost his fez which in the surging crowds was trampled underfoot by the time that the engines and hook and ladder company reached the alley they found it jammed with a mass of excited humanity whose eyes were focused upon a tiny white bundle that swayed in mid-air seventy feet above the pavement at once the firemen realized that they had been duped but the necessity for effort did not escape them up shot the great ladders one above another and then an agile rescuer began the swift ascent the crowd cheered in a babel of tongues but as the climber reached the last few rounds and began creeping out over the slender threads towards the precious prize a hush fell upon the multitude now he was almost there now he stood directly under the dangling might now he put forth his hand with extremest caution the crowd stood on tiptoe not a soul breathed then just as the strong hand touched the hem of the little frock the child began struggling once more this time so violently that in the very moment of apparent safety it slipped from the noose and fell in that moment even the hardened faces of the multitude below accustomed to sights of all degrees of danger and wickedness blanched with terror 
eyes bleared by drink or opium were shudderingly averted from the awful scene that seemed inevitable meantime the tiny bundle of humanity in its wild plunge downward struck a rope stretched across the alley hanging full of wet clothes the strand broke with the strain and the child was lost in the flying mass of white a few stray rags fluttered down but the baby it had disappeared like a wraith strong arms outstretched to make a desperate effort to catch the flying wave fell helpless at many a side the vast crowd stood speechless dumbfounded an instant later a deaf old irishwoman in the second-story tenement looked up from her work and gave a shrill cry of surprise as she saw crawling through the window that led from the fire escape where she had just laid her feather bed to air an almost naked child with scarlet bars around its little body be all the saints together she cried dropping on her knees if that kid didn't rain down from heavens i'll never see another part in oster as long as i live and it took the combined eloquence of shingles and his distracted mother to convince the old lady of the child's earthly origin end of section number three recording by katharina glowalla